Welcome to the Fantastically Terrible Podcast, Episode 36, Apocalypse Now, and again. Last week we looked at the history of the end of the world. Today we'll look at more recent doomsday predictions which, surprise, surprise, never happened. It's time to celebrate Armageddon from the population bomb to Y2K to the Mayan apocalypse to the black hole of doom. From thousands of years ago to the present day, there have been countless predictions about the end of the world, which have, well, failed. Lucky for us, we're still alive and kicking. If you enjoy our show, please give us a like and subscribe. There's also a video version which you can watch at youtube.com slash 7robotsinc. 7robotsinc. Feel free to comment too. We'd love to hear from you about this topic or you can share your ideas for future episodes. But for now, let's move on with the show. Today we're going to start with a joke. Hope you like it. Here goes. Three men appeared before the gates of heaven. They had to confirm how they died, so the most impatient and angry man went first. Well, I suspected that my wife was cheating on me, so I decided to come home early from work to catch them in the act. When I got home, she was acting really suspicious, so I searched all over our apartment, but I couldn't find anyone. Then I remembered to check the balcony, and I was right. There he was, dangling by his fingertips from the edge of our balcony. So I started to punch his hands. He begged me not to and kept asking me why I was doing this. But that just made me more angry. I kept beating his hands, and eventually he fell. But somehow he didn't die. He landed in a bush and it broke his fall. I was so enraged that I picked up the refrigerator and threw it on him. Well, that killed him instantly. But the strain gave me a heart attack and here I am. The next man stood looking dazed with his mouth hanging open. He shared his story. Every day, I like to work out on my balcony on the 14th floor of my apartment. I was on my treadmill, but something happened to the motor and it suddenly stopped and started again. The force pushed me backwards and I fell from the edge of my balcony. I prayed to God, asking him to save me, and he did. I reached out my hand and caught the edge of the balcony below me. I was barely hanging on when a man stepped out and saw me hanging there. I shouted, Help! But he started hitting my hands over and over again until I couldn't hang on and I fell. I prayed again, asking God to save me, and he did. I landed in a bush. I was so happy. But then... (laughs) Keep going, keep going. (laughs) But when I looked up, I saw the crazy man on the balcony holding up a fridge, and he threw it right on top of me. The next thing I knew, I was here. 
The third man in line was shocked and began to tell his story. Well, it all started when I was hiding butt naked in this married woman's refrigerator. <laughs> so why did we share this joke? Because we never know when the end will come. And the circumstances leading up to, to it are all a matter of perspective. And in retrospect, they all seem rather silly. Yes, they do. Now it's time to look at a few predictions of the end of the world. It might surprise you to think that our modern societies still fall for these predictions, but we do with surprising frequency. Let's start with Malthusianism. Everyone has heard this. It's the idea that the population will continue to grow exponentially while resources remain fixed. This eventually reduces living standards for some while creating wide-scale famines for others. This event is called many things, including a Malthusian catastrophe, a Malthusian trap, a population trap, Malthusian check, Malthusian crisis, yada, yada, yada. It's something we've all heard. I'm here to tell everyone, forget about it. It's yet another doomsday event that has been both imminent and rescheduled over and over again for 200 years. You're fucking sneaky bastard. So who was Malthus? Reverend Thomas Robert Malthus wrote about this in a theory in 1798 entitled An Essay on the Principle of Population. This means that all of these seemingly scientific ideas of a population time bomb came from an essay by a British Anglican cleric and an influential economist of his day, although not a very good mathematician. This is from Britannica.com, quote, A fundamental criticism of Malthus was his failure to appreciate the ongoing British agricultural revolution which eventually caused food production to meet or exceed population growth and made prosperity possible for a large number of people. Malthus also failed to anticipate the widespread use of contraceptives. Malthusian ideas were applied to government policies that basically stopped countries with higher populations, aka poor countries or the colonies, from growing so that they didn't reduce the standard of living of the wealthy countries. It's a basic haves versus have-nots type scenario. Many people in Malthus's generation, which was during colonization and slavery, were happy to promote this, quote, scientific idea of reducing world population. Unfortunately, we still hear this apocalyptic claptrap today. A more updated version of the Malthusian trap came in the late 1960s. The Population Bomb In 1968, Paul R. Ehrlich wrote a book called The Population Bomb, in which he described a world where poor countries were recklessly overpopulating and overwhelming the Earth's resources. Ehrlich described an apocalyptic world just like Malthus, where these people would eat everything, creating a 
global famine that would kill 20% of the world's population by the end of the 1970s. So that was his prediction. Mm -hmm. And he adjusted it a little bit to be then the 80s and -hmm. then the mid-80s. Yep, you know, Soylent Green is people. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) You know, it spawned this book, which was just a rehashing of Malthus, spawned so much fear. People went bananas. And if we think about it, this influenced China in their one-child policy. Right. Like these modern thinkers were all in favor of the Chinese policy. This caused a huge global panic. Western academics were quick to agree with his theory. With no math to back it up, the United Nations Population Fund, or UNFPA, was quickly established and raised mad cash to address this catastrophe. This is from an article by Fred Pierce called, Is the Way We Think About Overpopulation Racist? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'd say so. Okay. It is just 50 years since the publication of Paul Ehrlich's book, The Population Bomb, galvanized the global discussion on overpopulation. Published in 1968, his million-selling Malthusian polemic suggested that overbreeding poor countries were killing the planet, and it began in a megacity, India's capital, Delhi. On the first page, he wrote of a taxi ride, one stinking hot night in Delhi. We entered a crowded slum area. The street seemed alive with people, people eating, people washing, people sleeping, people visiting, arguing and screaming, people thrusting their hands through the taxi window, begging, people defecating and urinating. And since that night, I have known the feel of overpopulation. But did he? Was he describing a city stretched beyond its limits in a world similarly stretched? As the Australian demographer Jack Caldwell later pointed out, he could have seen as many people in similarly crowded conditions during any rush hour in London, Paris, or New York. What he did see were poor non-Europeans. This is the rub. When we express fears about teeming megacities of the developing world, whether it's Delhi or Dhaka, the shanty towns of Nairobi, or the favelas of Rio de Janeiro, are we just reacting badly to people different from us? Is there sometimes a tinge of racism in our environmental concerns? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would say so. Let's see, here's some of the facts. Hunger remains a problem in many parts of the world, but it's not caused by the number of people. Scarcity is not due to overpopulation. It's misuse of resources, hoarding and extremely high consumption and emissions from a few countries. The global total fertility rate, TFR, is falling. You heard that right. The TFR from 1950 to 2020 has fallen from 4.96 to 2.47. According to the UN's World Population to 2300 report from the Department of Economic and Social Affairs, 2004, between 1950 and 2000, the world population grew at a rate of 1.76%. It's expected to grow by 0.77%. So yes, because 0.77 is greater than zero, it is a positive growth rate. And the world population will continue to grow, but not exponentially. 
So if anyone tells you one of the major problems in the world today is overpopulation, it's not true. It's just so ingrained in what people learn and are taught and hear. They are taught it like it's science and it's not. Yeah, it's it's to me like a throwback of colonialism. I get a little nervous because it almost means like we need to start killing brown people. There's lots of statistics on this. We're going to have a lot of links on our website. Uh, you can look up the total fertility rate in the world. You can look up all of these statistics and just see that it's going to peak and then start falling again. I would like to direct this to the distinguished members of the panel. You lousy corksuckers. If you think that was a slightly confusing and slightly pathetic prediction of the end of the world, might I introduce you to the year 2000 problem, aka Y2K or the Millennium Bug. This was an apocalyptic prophecy made when a design flaw in mainframe computer software was noticed, which threatened to cause havoc in data centers around the world. Before 2000, programmers formatted dates with six digits, where the year only went as high as 99 to save on memory. They assumed in the 60s, 70s, 80s, even the 90s, they assumed this would be updated later, so they didn't worry about it too much. However, as the year 2000 approached, many thought this change would cause huge disruptions. So a computer would display 99, 1999, and then it would revert to 1900 mm -hmm. instead of flip up to 2000. Mm -hmm. They didn't have that third zero for 2000. Right. They literally thought this would break all of the electronic equipment and appliances in the world. They really did. It was crazy. And I, I had a hilarious time looking up old clips from the 90s on people talking about this and I have I'll have them on my website and it's ridiculous mm -hmm. everyone thought it would be the end of the world January 1st 2000 mm -hmm. and unfortunately people especially in North America uh, they thought there would be massive disasters they warned that elevators would completely stop all heat would cease because in North America that's winter Airplanes would fall out of the sky. Plane, uh, trains would suddenly stop. Did they think cats and dogs would lie together? Yes, they would. <laughs> President Clinton uh, gave speeches about this, saying it's a priority. It's a number one concern. This is not one of the summer movies where you can close your eyes during the scary parts. It was ridiculous. Christian fundamentalists and other religious groups assimilated Y2K into their doomsday predictions. Mm -hmm. And they literally thought that the end of the world, as outlined in the book of Revelation, would start somewhere between December 31st, 1999 and January 1st, 2000. They were convinced. Mm -hmm. People had bunkers. People Like, now we have preppers, but the preppers really started in 99 yeah. to prepare for this apocalyptic event. Um, they, they were completely preparing for the end of the world. But my question is... Mm -hmm. Did they party like it was 1999? Well, <laughs> uh, many didn't because they stayed at home because they were afraid of going out. Yeah, but that was, you know, <laughs> had to throw in a Prince reference. Swallowed by a man-made black hole, the Large Hadron Collider of Doom. 
Do you remember back in 2008, tons of people thought the world would be swallowed by a huge man-made black hole? Hold on to your proton packs. We'll explain this bizarre doomsday prediction. As a side note, that was indeed a reference to one of our favorite apocalyptic movies, Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters, man. On September 10th, 2008, the Large Hadron Collider, or LHC, in Switzerland hit the switch on the largest and fastest particle accelerator ever built. To better set the scene, I'm going to read from this 2008 article from Time magazine entitled Collider Triggers End of World Fears. From the flagellants of the Middle Ages to the doomsayers of Y2K, humanity has always been prone to good old-fashioned the end-is-nigh hysteria. The latest cause of concern that the Earth will be destroyed and the galaxy gobbled up by an ever-increasing black hole next week. On September 10th, scientists at the European Organization for Nuclear Research, CERN, will switch on the Large Hadron Collider, LHC, a $6 billion particle accelerator that will send beams of protons careening around a 17-mile underground ring, crash them into one another to recreate the immediate aftereffects of the Big Bang, and then monitor the debris in the hopes of learning more about the origins and workings of the universe. Critics of the LHC say the high-energy experiment might create a mini black hole that could expand to dangerous, earth-eating proportions. On August 26, Otto Rossler, a German chemist, filed a lawsuit against CERN with the European Court of Human Rights that argued with no understatement that such a scenario would violate the right to life of European citizens and pose a threat to the rule of law. Last March, two American environmentalists filed a lawsuit in federal district court in Honolulu seeking to force the U.S. government to withdraw its participation in the experiment. The lawsuits have in turn spawned several websites, chat rooms, and petitions. They have led to alarming headlines around the world. Britain's Sun's newspaper on September 1st, End of the world due in nine days. So what happened? In 2009, scientists fired up the LHC. There was no black hole created that swallowed up the, the world. Phew. Yeah. These are all modern. These are since 1999. We're not talking 1666 with the Great Fire of London right. or any of these past. These are modern, and it's just to show that we have this preconceived fear it's this is it a strange fear or is it like we we it's sort it of like seduction porn? yeah it's possible i think it's yeah it's this disaster porn it's just like oh man and other cultures what are we gonna don't do really to survive the earth is gonna implode i'm gonna build a bunker right the earth's gonna implode i'll build a bunker it's how does that work definitely worse in christian countries because of the book of revelation right and then it's additionally exponentially worse with uh, with people who are more evangelical, yeah, who constantly interpret the uh, when the end of the world will be, right, and then for I guess for the media, but this isn't just the media playing up people's fears for ratings, like Y two K, they really thought that they really believed it. They deeply believed it. 
And there's one more here just to round out our modern doomsday predictions is the famous 2012 Mayan apocalypse. Did you know that the world ended on December 21st, 2012? Oh, I'm sorry, I got that wrong, my bad. The world did not end, but a whole lot of people were pushing this idea. Not just religious fundamentalists, but TV shows, new reports, and tons of movies. The basic premise is that the Mayan calendar ends on December 21st, 2012, which apparently meant that the world would end. Instead of thinking that the Mayans just turned the page of a new calendar, which they did, people in Western countries, especially the U.S., went ballistic. Like Y2K and the Large Hadron Collider of Doom, it's hard for us to imagine now that people actually thought this was the start of the apocalypse. But one should never underestimate the ability of a large number of people to believe almost any doomsday scenario and panic accordingly. The ancient Maya civilization had many major cities in Mesoamerica with populations approximate to modern-day Los Angeles. They practiced advanced mathematics and astronomy. They had an elaborate writing system. They were a very modern and advanced civilization. They had a large count calendar, and that's where all of these doomsday ideas came from. They counted into the billions of years in the past and into the future. It's the most complex calendar system that we know of using modern typography. It's similar to the odometer in your car. The numbers roll forward, and when they reach the end of a cycle, then they start over again. Apparently, their efficient and eloquent mathematical system was just too much for the modern human mind. We decided to ignore the fact that one follows zero. Many convinced themselves that a comet or another planet that no one could see would collide with the Earth. And NASA had to make statements saying, look in the sky, there is no comet, there is no other planet. For an idea of what they thought might happen, you can watch the movie, if you could sit through it all, 2012, starring John Cusack, where a series of global catastrophes threatened to annihilate humankind. Uh, I haven't seen the movie, but in the trailer, which I'll have a link to, there's a great scene where a huge crack appears down the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel, separating God's finger from Adam's hand. thought that was very poetic. Or you might enjoy the more lighthearted movie, Seeking a Friend for the End of the World, where they have a countdown to the end of days with all of your classic rock favorites. What's really funny to me is that, okay, I get the whole Y2K, because it's your cultural thing, but you're going to a whole other culture applying a linear way of thinking to a culture that was all about that was cyclical yeah that was all about cycles like this is i don't understand other than like we said this need for justification that there is an end of the world right and and i i don't throw the word like they ignore mexican culture all the time all the time why would suddenly the mayan calendar be predicting the end of the world i hardly use the words cultural appropriation but this is an example 
of cultural appropriation gone wrong. All right. And at the time, Mayan experts were saying, no, 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 that's not what this means. Yeah, the Mayans were saying, no. No one there believed that. It was so ridiculous in North America. And, And sadly, I do remember that the indigenous people who were saying this were completely ignored. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, when it didn't happen, and then in a very racist way, started saying, see, what did the Mayans know? Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, you predicted this incorrectly. It's like, we didn't predict the end of the world, and now you're saying we did. It's, it was it was, very, it was, yeah. It was like bizarre. One thing that always bothers me, too, over and over again with these predictions of the end, people are convinced it's the end, and then it's not. The day after... When nothing happens, they pretend like they didn't believe it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Before it happens, they're convinced and they try to convince everyone else that it's the end, like when it was 1999 with Y2K or some people with the 2012 Mayan apocalypse. Yeah. They are so convinced. There isn't, yeah, you know, I was a sucker. There was no review afterwards. They com- And that's why I think they can do this over and over again. Yeah. So I think to wrap up this subject... We do not know when the end of the world is. So live your life like you never know when it will end. Right. And you will always be the best person you can be. You don't need to physically have the end of the world in Revelation in order to change your life. Right. If that's what the motivation is. My mother used to say, the end of the world is every day because one you're getting one day That closer. sounds depressing. I know yeah, we're pretty yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she used to say that to me. So, you know, you know, you take it kind of lighthearted and kind of go with it. Yeah. These predictions are not new, and people are always wrong. Yes. Because we have no idea. But if you can sell T-shirts at the time the next one comes, mm-hmm. by all means, do so. I'm going to make a T-shirt <laughs> called Apocalypse Now and Again. And again. The fantastically terrible character creature this week is Meng Po, the Chinese goddess of forgetfulness. The Chinese believe that there are multiple underworld regions, and Meng Po rules over Dingyu, which is the realm of the dead. She prepares and serves soup or the five flavored tea of forgetfulness to the souls of those who are ready to be reincarnated. She meets them on the bridge of forgetfulness or the Nai Hei Bridge to offer them the soup which wipes away any memories of their previous life or their time in hell. The concoction provides instant and permanent amnesia to unburden the souls of past sins and forget their sufferings before they start their new life. Sounds rather peaceful. Yeah, it does. Actually, you know, maybe that's what they're drinking for the apocalypse thing. They drink it, you know, like, oops, forgot. I did see video (laughs) clips in uh, China that they were offering uh, soup, this forgetfulness soup for people with COVID. Oh, wow. That's funny. I I like the idea that it's a way of unburdening your soul. You don't want to carry all that. Forever. Yeah. If you believe in reincarnation, you you don't want to uh, carry that over into your next life. It's rather peaceful. That 
that's it for today. Seven Robots Fantastically Terrible. Podcast is by Miguel Guerra and Susie Diaz. And written by Susie. We want to thank everyone for listening. If you enjoy our show, thank you so much. If you haven't subscribed or followed us yet, please do. It really helps us out with our statistics. And honestly, we don't know if you like us or not until you let us know. Mm -hmm. So please like this episode or even leave a comment and say hello. We'd love to hear from you. For more information on this episode, including links to everything we reference, please visit our website at www.7robots.com slash podcast. Remember to check out Ghost Metal, our free comic on Webtoon and now on Tapas. Read each week as we serve you bite-sized sci-fi and horror stories on a macabre menu of detestable delights. A new episode is up every Friday for your abhorrent amusement. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.